Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck. <laughs> Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. On today's special after Thanksgiving episode, and I may have the flu, I have a special guest named Leanne Blizzard, which just so happens to be my girlfriend. Hi, everybody. Yeah. She's been on the show before. <laughs> Twice. Three times. Yeah. Four. A bunch. Yeah, it was easy to get her on since she's around me all the time and I didn't feel like scheduling other guests this week because I'm lazy and sick because I already explained I might have the flu. It's also a holiday, so everybody's probably busy. That too. Last weekend was the Carolina Ultra. It was a great race, even though the dunk wall gave me the flu. I think it was more than just the dunk wall. I think it was the rain that gave, might have given you the flu. I don't know. Something gave me the flu. It's and the probably cold weather. Working in a hospital, too. Mm-hmm. Being around sick people all the day. Just goes to show the flu shot doesn't always protect you. I get, I've got the flu the last three times. Uh, the last three years, and I get the flu shot every year. So You got it one time before you went to New Jersey, didn't you? Yep. Sure did. And now we got the... Central Florida Beast coming up this weekend, and so I'm going to go to the doctor tomorrow when I go back to work. He's going to say, rest. Yeah, maybe he'll give me the rest of the week off. I think it'll feel like ass on Friday and yeah, Saturday. Yeah, it'll be great. It's supposed to rain Saturday in Florida, so you better hope it's not bad. Well, hey, I already got good practice at Carolina. Yeah. You know, so I'm ready. So, Leanne, let's, let's talk about how your race went this was your first time running an ultra and pretty much the first time you ever went that far in your entire life that's true that's very true so Um, how did it go for you um the before process of it i was super nervous the during process of it it was um i was trucking along okay during the first lap and then the second one um, uh, was, uh, like, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it, but I mean, I finished it and now looking back on it, I think the day of, after I finished, I said I would never do it again. But a couple of days later, I think I would probably do another one. Yeah. That's kind of how it always goes. I know it was, you know, and this was the ultra that everybody was thinking was probably going to be the easiest one of the year because, Last year in Spartanburg, it was a very easy ultra. It was very flat, very runnable. There was some mud and spots, but I don't remember none of it being so bad that it didn't slow you down for a long time. Um, And not to mention that Spartanburg wasn't even a complete uh, 50K. It was, I think I got less than, or it was right at a marathon distance. Oh, when you were in the ultra last year? Yes. I and think it wouldn't have been that bad had it not been for the weather conditions. I mean, the course was pretty for itself. It was a beautiful course. Yes. Yeah, so the, I think 
Like, the difference between the elevation is last year, I think, Spartanburg had like a thousand feet of elevation, and this one had like five. So, to me, honestly, I thought this was the perfect venue for an ultra because, one, you couldn't run yourself into the ground the whole race because it did have some inclines to it. It had technical inclines to it and technical, you know, declines to it. It also had a lot of technical running terrain, you know, bushwhack trails, which I love. And it was, and another great thing about this course too was, is there was a lot of like chipped wood and saw, I guess sawdust, you know, that was all over the trail and it made for soft running like a lot of the trail wasn't hard packed running it was just soft running so mm -hmm. it was easier on your joints too for running especially you know a long distance like this so to me personally this would be my favorite venue for an, an ultra because to me and I don't know maybe it was just a good brace for me but I didn't feel like the trail just whooped my ass at the end of the day. I didn't feel like I had soreness from, you know, running too hard. You know, I mean, I had the normal just muscle soreness that you have from running an yeah. OCR. It wasn't that bad. Like, I mean, I think for me it was um, the cold and the rain that got to me. Um, but, I mean, I felt like I could run most of the trail. I was able to run more of it than what I've ever been able to run before. And for it to have been a distance that I've never done before, and for me to have only been able to pit in, what, a few miles a week for it, I mean, I feel like it was it was pretty, it wasn't like killing you like Killington probably is. Um, it wasn't damaging enough to my soul to make me not want to go back. I think Killington would probably be one of those races where I wouldn't want to, it would take a lot, a lot, a lot of training. But that depends on who you are as a racer, too. Or as an athlete, depending on how much training and stuff you do. But I liked it. I mean, I think I would, if it, they went back to it again, I would probably try that venue again just to see how much better so I can compare it to last year or to this, this past race. Yeah, to me, Killington is one of those races where when you start it, I mean, I've done it twice, and both times I did that race, I didn't know if I was going to be able to finish until I finished because it's just, it beats you up pretty bad. Um, this year, I, I, I know I finished it feeling a lot better than I did the year before. I have no idea why. Now, I mean, Sunday morning when I woke up, I remember it was hard for me to walk on my feet. Like, my feet hurt. They just hurt that bad. And it took me a couple steps to get to where I could get back to walking normal. But by Monday, for the most part, I mean, I did like a couple, some foam rolling and some stretching and stuff on Sunday and a little bit on Monday. And after that, I was fine. And surprisingly, I felt better after running that race than I have a lot of the other races that I've done. And I ran a longer distance for it. See, now when I did Killington and done New Jersey Ultra in the past, before the end of the race, my the bottom of my feet would always be killing me. Mm -hmm. And it's just from running down those steep s slopes they have, you know, that declines, you know. That would always kill my feet. Killington, especially this year, I remember when I finished that race, the bottom of my feet hurt worse than anything at the end of the race. Whereas this year, you know, I never 
had any pain in my feet and which is surprising because you were, you were wearing King MTs too. And, uh, that's what I was wearing at Killington. And by the end of that race, my feet were hurting pretty bad. That's what I was saying about this. I mean, yours probably were, were hurting just because this is the first time you've ever gone that distance ever. Yeah. Uh, that's probably your first time going over 15 miles ever, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And so to me, I think that the terrain at this race was just a really soft terrain, like almost everywhere. You know, you weren't running over rocks. I mean, probably. Except for a couple spots. Uh, yeah, but I mean, the worst part of this race was, I mean, as far as like, you know, impact to your joints was probably maybe some gravel roads. Yeah. And that was probably the worst part. And I mean, the, it was loose gravel too. I mean, it wasn't just like full gravel. I mean, it was just, it was just a good course to run. I'm curious to see how many people hurt themselves or had a hard time on that hill when you know you went up and then you came back down it's pretty much a mudslide oh yeah towards the end yeah yeah because like at the end and i forget because it seemed like you you come into the venue and i think you did the barbed wire and dunk wall and slip wall and then you went down that really steep hill Mm -hmm. and i took a bad spill and there was like this huge rock that was up against this tree or it was a log or something and I slid and fell on it and busted my elbow open. I know whenever I ran the, when I went out for the, my trans, after my transition, um, of course I was with a bunch of the beast runners and that first little downhill part of it, there was kids and, or race athletes that were like jumping down and there was rocks sticking up everywhere oh, yeah. and people were hurting themselves on it. I guess that's the difference between running your first lap and knowing how to run your second lap is you're a little bit more cautious with it and stuff yeah i remember when on i slid on my butt down one of those hills and there was a bunch of rocks sticking out even though it was a mud slide down the hill and i think i think they ended up closing that hill later on after i'd finished oh yeah that well it was so dark and late by the time i finished they even closed the barbed wire and the donk wall because i remember thinking whenever i was like checking my time and stuff and seeing where i was at I was just dreading having to jump in that dunk wall again. I really did not want to. Oh my God. I was in tears thinking about having to go through that thing one more time. And then it was like whenever another person, some other people in front of me told me that they had closed it, I was like, oh gosh, thank you. Thank you, little baby Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. So for anybody that run uh, Killington and on Saturday, this past year, remember that, you know, it, it did rain and it missed it a little bit, but it was mm-hmm. nothing, nothing compared to the rainstorm that we got here at Carolina this race. I mean, they got, I think, like an inch and a half of rain and it, it never stopped. It just rained and rained and rained. The ops, None of the obstacles were dry. They never got a chance to be dry. Nope. I mean, it just rained and... I remember because me and Brian were back and forth running with each other on the first lap. And he, we, every time we would go over something that was already kind of iffy anyway, we, we would say, you know, that's going to be interesting on the second lap. And sure enough, everywhere it was. Man, and then they, I think they redid the Olympus, the 
the boarding on the Olympus, yeah. and then I saw so many people slipping off of it, and you look over there in the burpee pit, and there's at least at least 30 athletes over there jumping and yeah. doing their burpees and stuff. It sucked. All of that sucked. And that jerry can thing, I guess is what it is, that was full of water on the ultra loop. I think that's what made it worse for me is my first go around was when I grabbed that jerry can, and it never... All that water was spilling out of it because I towed it on my shoulder and it just poured water yeah. all over me. Yes, yeah, so on the Ultra Loop, they had two obstacles. It was the plate drag and then they had this jerry can carry and it was a, um, a square type jug that was, uh, I know I've seen floor, like industrial, like floor stripper or floor cleaner in these types of jugs. And uh, it's a five gallon jug and they were filled to the brim with water. And uh, men had to carry two, and women had to carry one. And oh, I didn't know that. It was like, uh, I don't know, maybe close to, it wasn't quite a quarter mile walk. I was about to say, I think it was about a quarter mile, maybe. I don't think it was quite a quarter mile. But uh, I remember the first time I did it, I had to set it down once. But the second time, when you got there and you'd already you know, run for a while. I bet I sat down four or five times. And I'm, the day after the race, my shoulders were wrecked from that. Yeah. <laughs> just because I just hadn't been working out my shoulders or for stuff like that. You know, I hadn't been doing no farmer's carries or nothing. And man, that really got them good. Yeah. That, yeah. But yeah, it was amazing how like the start line was completely even when we started the race it was already starting to you know rain and i mean most of the area there was like a sandy type landscape mm -hmm. and the next day it was there was a foot of water there you know yeah robert leday got in the got in like a kayak type thing and was floating yeah right, right there in front the of start the start line, line on sunday that tells you how much rain fell on that yeah. that's crazy to me and like they had pictures of the barbed wire which the barbed wire went right to i think rolling mud and then to the the dunk wall and it was muddy when we got to the barbed wire the first time, mm -hmm. but the second time it was starting to get water up underneath it. But the next day, all of that was just water up underneath the barbed wire. It just looked like they'd set up the barbed wire over a big puddle and you couldn't even see where the rolling mud was at because the water was so high. It just looked like one big pond right before you got to the, for, to the dunk wall. It was, it was crazy. Hmm. You could have dove in it, even though they have the signs that say no diving. Do not diving. Do you, no diving. You could have dove. Yeah, I remember when I got to the dunk wall, I remember thinking, I saw people sliding in, and I have learned not to do that, especially like in when it's cold. You just got to jump as close to that wall as you can get, go under and come back out, and then be done. Oh, yeah, that's what I do. Oh. And it's fun, and now it's not so bad. Now they got that inflatable wall. You just jump right up against it, mm -hmm. and just go under and pop back up and just get out. Yeah, I definitely won't be All in one sliding into a dunk wall when it's 40-something degrees or colder outside. You still had like 10 pictures where you come up out of the wall and you look cold. Oh, it was cold. I didn't realize how cold it was until I got up underneath it. It's kind of like how it is whenever you run um, Savage and you have that shriveled Richard obstacle. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That thing is like full of ice and water, and it's cold. I remember I stepped in it and about froze myself. Yeah, so you have to... 
really jump to it and then go up underneath it. It was cold, but I mean, it was all right. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty chilly. But, you know, and I never really, you know, it was colder at Killington uh, temperature-wise, but I want to say I'm, I may have got a little colder on the second lap here. Just, I mean, and I think it was just simply because of the fact you're just soaking wet. But, I mean, we were at Killington too, but it just seemed like I got colder here. Maybe I just don't remember. But it was mainly in my hands where I got cold. And I, I want to say I, was, I ran most of this race where it was possible to run, like all the downhills, all the flats. I mean, I didn't run all the uphills because some of them were kind of steep. <clears throat> but I was able to keep... I guess my core temperature up fairly well, but I remember when I got done with the race, I, you know, just going and grabbing that one fit aid and, you know, slamming it down, you know, that already, you know, having something that's ice cold already cools your body down. And then you go over there and they, you know, you wait in line to get your buckle. And then they had a problem with a computer and it took a minute for me to get my triple trifecta metal. And I just stood there and I'm freaking just shivering. And, you know, that was when, you know, I was done by then. So, yeah, I think I walked over the, I think I did, I walked over the fire pit towards the end. And I remember talking to Ilya and I remember uh, Dan coming up to me. And I remember seeing you at the top whenever I was coming up. But that's about all I remember. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember, I don't remember any, a lot of it. I just remember. Been glad being done, but I think like with Killington, I, even though I didn't do the ultra, I think the weather even was different between the two of them. Even with it raining though, because Killington didn't it rained, but it rained in like spots of it. It was right. cold up towards the top, but once you got towards the bottom, it wasn't that bad. So I feel like you were able to get your body temperature back up because of the rain actually stopped. We're in South Carolina. It was just constant pouring, and it started in the 50s, and then it dropped to the 40s, and it was, I mean, it was cold, and it wasn't like that in Killington. Yeah, and all the obstacles were wet, so I know tons of people were failing obstacles left and right, and and you were right, you know, the new material on Olympus is, is a lot, it's a lot harder. It wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Because it seemed like it was brand new material, and it still did have a little bit of grip, grip to it, where those little grip it. where those little circles are in the material. It kind of they kind of stick up just a little bit. So I was able to keep my feet on it a little bit, but what messed me up more than anything, and I kind of knew it ahead of time going into it because Aaron had told us about it at the open house, is the holes are drilled differently. They're not set up exactly the same. And when I first started it, I was thinking, <laughs> bless Excuse you. Me. I was thinking it was because I was good. But once I got to the last two panels of the walls, yes, the holes were very different on the last two panels. And both times I went through there, that was about where I failed at both times. I remember cheering out loud the second time I made it because I thought I almost failed it. It was really close. Well, that's what I watched <laughs> Chad Holt go through it because he came through right about the same time. Of course, he was on his probably his second lap by the time I was 
on my when I was on my first, or maybe he ran the beast. I can't remember. I don't remember. But he slipped towards. I think he ran the beast with some friends. Probably or so. But he slipped towards the end too. Um, I remember watching him, and he slipped on the last few holes. Now he was able to hold himself up and not hit the ground. But I remember seeing him slip and like slip off of it. See, that was what happened to me. My feet came out from mm -hmm. came off of the wall, and I hit my knees up against it, and I was able to grab something else. I don't think it was a hole. I think I grabbed one of the chains that had the balls on it just to hold myself there long enough to where I could hail Mary and slap the bell. Yeah. It was very close. But yeah, you're right. It was it was very slippery. The monkey bars were very slippery. Man, I couldn't even grab a hold of the first bar. Like, I went to jump up, and on my first lap, I went to go up to grab it like normal, and I couldn't do it. And then I tried to go, like, sideways where your grip's opposite of each other. Yeah. To see if I could pull myself up to try to chicken wing it, and I couldn't even grab that. I just slipped. They were soaking wet. Yeah, just had water dripping off of it. I remember I've tried to chicken wing something one time, and when I did that, it felt like it was going to rip my arm out of its socket, so I don't try that anymore. Mm, I've never, I mean, that's the first time I've ever tried. Anytime I've ever tried, I've not succeeded at it. Mm -hmm. Um but some people say, you know, it's really, really good to do whenever you're doing, whenever the obstacles are wet like that. But I just can't. I think I I'm know. too fat for my puny arms, and that's why it hurts so bad oh when I try. It's just too much, too much weight load on my T-Rex arms. You're so crazy. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <coughs> so, um, so you this being your first ultra. And you completed it. What did you plan going into it? What worked and what didn't work with your plan going into it? Um, I don't think I really had a plan going into it. I was just gonna because I usually I run age group, and so I dropped down to open. Um, just because for me I wanted to see how well I would do with this, being it was my first one. Um, because usually when I run age group, it's a little bit of a different mindset versus going into a race running open. Um, but I just wanted to see how I had done. Um, and I had a plus, I mean, we had talked to, you know, we had been working with Bruce um, Jackson for running and stuff. And I wanted to see if I was able to run a little bit more and how much more comfortable I would be on my feet. Um, and I actually was, as I stated before. And I mean, my legs felt good. I was just freaking cold um i do think i made some mistakes in transition um when i got to that area i had a compression shirt in my drop bin a thermal compression and i took it out the night before and i should have never done that i know that's um, you know because when we were messing around with our buckets that night i took my my cleaning towel out of my backpack and I remember asking you if that was your towel, and you said it wasn't, so I put it back in my luggage instead of putting it in my backpack. So when I went to change clothes, all I had was a rag to dry off with and take all the mud off of myself with, so that was fun. Oh, I didn't even worry. I mean, I just, I got there, and when I realized <coughs> I didn't have anything, I damn sure went about to change my socks and shoes, because I've had some people tell me, change your socks and shoes, but... I think that's a waste of time unless you have blisters on your feet yes. or you got something punctured or whatever. To me, that's a waste of time. So when it's cold like that, I think you need to have a dry change of clothes and your drop bin. Because when I was in Killington, after the swim, I changed, I had a dry bag and I changed my compression shirt and had um, just changed and put my jacket on and I was fine. 
And I think that's where, why I had gotten so cold anyways. I mean, I already have low blood pressure. So on top of it being cold and me being wet like that, I just think I would have done better if I would have kept that compression shirt in my drop bin. And then, um, I wish I would have had some hot soup like everybody else did, but I just had some PB&Js. <laughs> But it was all right. Shoot, hot soup probably would have been cold unless you had any one of those thermal things, thermos things, and you had no room in your bucket for that because your bucket was slam full. Whatever. It was. I was coming prepared, <laughs> <laughs> or somewhat. I mean, not too prepared because I forgot my shirt. Yours and Michael's both were full. Speaking of Michael's bucket, we're in uh, a hotel room <laughs> Friday night, getting you know the final touches on our buckets ready to go i hear him over there like pulling off of some tape strips just giggling just laughing and i'm like what are you doing and he's like he's nothing and i tried to go around and look at what he was doing to his bucket and he wouldn't let me and i was like he's probably putting something about my mom or my sister on his bucket <laughs> and and then as sure as shit he had this huge printout picture of my mom that he put on his bucket <laughs> and taped to his That's bucket. That's funny. That was funny, though. Hey, yeah. it was easy to spot whenever I was going to go try to find where we put our stuff at. Yeah, just I look just for, looked for Miss Faye. Yeah. <laughs> funny thing is, is I got to the drop bin area before Michael did. So, first thing I did was when I got to, <laughs> to the drop bin area, is I picked up his bucket and I shook the shit out of it and turned it upside down. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have anything liquid in there, did he? No, I mean, he did, but everything was sealed. I asked him if it messed it up. He's like, no, man, I had too much shit in it for it. <laughs> His was packed to the brim, too. Well, I know next time I won't put shoes and socks <coughs> in there just because there's no point in it. Well, see, you put socks and shoes in there. Put shoes more than anything. Not necessarily you don't have to have an extra pair of socks, but if you have, like, a bad blowout with your shoes... Yeah. You've got a replacement pair of shoes. That's an emergency item. I wouldn't replace shoes unless you just had to because it takes so much time to replace them. And that's a long time you're going to be sitting there where you could be getting cold. Now, I do think that, and here's another reason too, because like you said, you've heard where people do change their shoes, but you have to think about like, and that's something you can think about while you're running your first lap. You can think, well, my feet got wet within the first mile of starting this race. It was either the first mile or mile and a half. It was very early. It had to be the first mile, especially when we went down that Yeah, because remember muddy... when we run through that little yeah. hole where those boats were at or whatever? Yeah. On that golf course part. So, I mean, so if you're thinking, you have to think back through your first lap when you're coming into transition if, if you're one of those people that do like to change your socks and shoes, I mean, if you're going to get your feet wet within the first mile or mile and a half, I would say even within the first five miles, you're wasting your time. Yeah. You might as well just, you know, grin and bear it. Well, I mean, it was raining, so that was another reason. I mean, that was pointless for me yes. to even try oh, yeah. to change oh, yeah. my socks exactly. and shoes because it was and soaking wet outside. And, and it's pouring out rain. Now, I would say, like, in your case, because you were wearing a windbreaker... You know, I had a normal compression shirt on when I should have worn a thermal thermal compression. I think that would have helped me a lot too, as because it was just a normal one. But man, once I was soaked and cold, it didn't freaking matter. Because you're pretty cold natured when it comes to these races, anyway. So I think in in, in your case, you knowing that 
you're more cold natured. It would have been great idea to probably change your shirt, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. you said, but you left it out. But that would have been a great idea because that would have kept you warm because, you know, again, thinking back to the first lap, yes, you got your feet wet in the first mile, but if you would have changed your shirt, that shirt would have stayed dry and kept you warm until, you know, you had to go through the dunk wall, which they ended up even closing by the time you got there. Mm -hmm. So you wearing that windbreaker would have probably, you know, kept it dry or even, you know, you saying you being cold natured, if you'd had a backup windbreaker too. Well, when we came home, that's the first thing I did is I ordered, um, <laughs> I got me a, a win, another windbreaker. And then um, I had some gloves on um, and they worked for a little while, but once they were soaked, I just, there was nothing I could do about it. Now they did, instead of them being exposed to, I kept them on because even with them covering up my hands, um, was actually warmer versus it being exposed to the cold air whenever it was wet. You see what I'm saying? So like the gloves being wet and my hands being inside of them, they didn't get quite as cold as if I would have taken them completely off and exposed them to air. You know right. what I mean? Because to me, I felt like my hands got colder when they were exposed to the cold air versus if I with me just keeping them on. Right. And <clears throat> so... I lost my train of thought. So, yeah, and another thing is, like, you said you could also have, like, another extra pair of gloves because you were wearing those. They weren't, they were like a kind of a knockoff of black mints. They're called Amphipod. Um, I mean, they work fine, but, I mean, yeah, if I would have had an extra pair, my hands probably would have stayed a little bit warmer, too. Yeah, you could have changed those out because that was the only thing on me that really did get cold, and it's probably just because my gloves got wet so my fingertips are just down in those gloves and my fingertips did try to numb out a little bit on me but i mean i just wore a cut off compression it was a long sleeve compression shirt but i stretched out the arms in them a long time ago when i rolled them up one time so i just cut the sleeves off of it i tell you one thing that i did do that I loved for this race, and I don't know if anybody else has had any problems with it. Somebody else uh, told me about it. I think it was Zach. But the purple peonies that they make you wear, you know, on the sleeve part, because I wore a sleeveless shirt, and in Killington, that purple peony, it chafed chafed the hell out of my, my arms and my side. Cause I was wearing a sleeveless shirt there too. And what I did is there's like a ring, you know, that that's attached to the, you know, where the arm is for, I cut that out with a pair of scissors the night before. And it was so much more comfortable cutting that out. <coughs> where the stitching to the shirt is? To yeah. Where the penny is? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the same material, the yeah. collar's made out of, there's a piece just like that that goes around where the arm's at. And I cut that out to where it's pretty much nothing but just the netting material there. And I didn't chafe it all from that. I didn't chafe either. I had mine on top of my jacket. Well, I know. (laughs) I'm just telling for the people that, you know, that run hot and they don't have to wear, you know, sleeves out when it's... Because I've just about figured out if it's it's high 40s, I can usually run 
with just some thermal pants and I don't even need to wear a shirt. But when it's when you're seeing rain in the forecast the whole time and it's that cold, I don't think I could have got away with that. Mm, probably not. But I mean, it being 50s, you know, I was fine. It was just when the race was over and we stopped. And I was fine in Killington. And, you know, I didn't have thermal compression there, but if... I didn't pack it because I didn't th- I didn't take in consideration the wind at Killington and yes it got cold at the top of the mountain but when we come down away from it I was fine once mm-hmm. you got in the woods and everything. I remember running the race 50s and up is what I yeah, like. I remember and sunny. this past weekend when we ran the, when we were doing the ultra I remember thinking I can't wait to get in the in the woods because it was so much more it wasn't warm, but it was warmer versus being out in the open like that. But I remember thinking I'm ready to get into the trails because I want to be a little bit warmer than what I am, especially with, you know, if they're smaller trails, you're around a lot of different people too. So I guess it just was warmer in the bushes than it was out in the open air. Yeah. And how about like when you were running on the trail and you saw that all those statues of those angels in that section? I don't section? even remember seeing them. You don't remember seeing uh-uh. that? Nope. I saw somebody post it on um, social media, but I don't remember ever seeing that. There was like a hundred concrete angels like in this one little area. And there was like a concrete bench that was like to the left of it. I may have just been looking down and watching my feet one in front of the other. <laughs> I it just was... wanted to finish. There was a sign for it. I think it said, like, Angel Garden or something. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. Do you remember seeing the owls on the bridge? Nope. Oh, my God. What'd you do? Just look at the ground the whole time? I was just trotting. I was just going moving. So, once I found Michael and he had finished, because your time stamps weren't working, the last time stamp you had was transition. So, I'd finally got changed clothes and halfway warmed up and I got an umbrella and had my rubber boots on so I just started pretty much where the rig was at and I just started walking backwards so I could try to find you and uh it gets lonely out there in the dark especially when you don't have anybody to run with and you're running by yourself I found I ran into like these two college kids and um their dad I was running with their dad for a little bit and then I heard somebody say something about Greensboro, Georgia, which is like 45 minutes from here. And um, we just started talking, chatting about Atlanta because they're originally from the Atlanta area. And um, Georgia College where they said that they knew some people that went to school there. And honestly, that was about the only way that I remember finishing that race and just being glad that it was almost over. Oh, and then I saw Brian Altman and I called up to him a little bit. Right. I think we kind of finished it out together. But it gets lonely out there by yourself. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> I know because me and uh, Brian Beal, we were back and forth with each other pretty much the whole first lap. But after, and we left transition about the same time too. <clears throat> and when we went through that first part that was really technical, it was just chewed up with mud. And I don't know, we probably went out like right behind a group that had just left. So. I think we kind of got split up right in between there, so I didn't see him anymore after that. But you are right about that. When you're out there, you your head gets into the race more when you're not talking to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's just chit-chat, I, I don't know how many people I ran by and said, hey, I wish somebody turned the shower off. Oh, 
you know, <laughs> <laughs> just, just to, just to see their response, you know, just to yeah. make lighter of the situation than what it was. I saw so many people that were just running as stiff as a board just because you could tell that they had already just let themselves get really cold. Should I remember, I was like, I remember one part of it, I was just, I just was kept telling myself, just keep moving, just keep moving. And like I was making little baby running steps just to try to stay warm. And there was like this one girl, I forget what her name was, I think it was Carrie, but she and I would go back and forth with each other. And then I lost her at the second um, monkey bars. And um, and then uh, Lee Holmes and I were running together, together a little bit. And then he ran off for me. And I can't remember, but I just remember for a while there, I mean, I was by myself and even running with some of those beast people. And I remember looking at some of those beast girls and I was like, and they had on these little bitty shorts and like sports bras and it's like 40 degrees and pouring down raining. And I was like, man, and they were talking about how cold they were. And I was like, yeah, me too. Yeah, but shoot, they weren't going to be out there all day like we were. So they could probably get away with it. I don't know. Some of them were shivering. Like super cold, oh! And then I remember seeing a bunch of people being tried, like taken off the course. I remember one of the water stations. I don't even remember what mile I was at. It may have been twenty. It may have been twenty one or twenty two. I can't not remember. But I remember coming up to the water station, or before we got there, there was a truck full of six people, and I was like, man. That sure looks appetizing, and I don't know if I want to deal with this rain and this cold for however many more miles. Yeah, I know a lot of, I mean, it's hard to do, especially like towards the end of the race and on a second lap, but when you get cold like that, just some short burst sprints will really just warm you up quick, too. I tried. I couldn't get warm. It's, it's hard, but, you My know. tears were warmer than <laughs> I was. Warmer than the raindrops. Heck, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I cried a few times out there on that course, too, thinking, what the fuck am I doing? I, you know, and everybody was talking about, man, this water's freezing, but I guess I just was running hot, you know, because I just, I never really got cold during the race. I, I just, I felt good. I mean, even the dunk wall water, the rolling mud, the creeks we went through, none of that water was just awfully cold the dunk to, me. Wall, to me was not as cold as i had expected i felt like the rainwater was colder than the actual dunk wall maybe there had been enough people that peed in the dunk wall by the time i got to it i don't know but it didn't it was cold don't get me wrong but it was not as cold as what i had expected it to be i know people probably gonna think i'm crazy but on the first lap i bet i'd you know, when I got to the water stations, I would drink one cup and I would dump another cup of water on my head. There was enough water dumping from the sky. Why did you have to I, dump it on your head? Because I was hot. <laughs> it just felt good. I mean, yes, it was raining, but I mean, I wasn't like soaking wet. I mean, it just felt good pouring a, that much water at one time, you know? Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, well, it was cold for me. I mean... But I'm glad we we finished that race. I mean, it was it's uh a definitely a great experience for it. Yeah, I think so too. I know me and Ducky once he finished, because <laughs> like I got so cold at the end of the race, I finally got my belt buckle and medals and stuff. And they're talking about yeah, the men's changing rooms got heat in it, or the changing rooms had heat. And I was like, well, I'll go in there and just hang out in there until I warm up. Then maybe I can rinse off and change clothes. I went inside to the changing tent. 
it was like a freaking mosh pit in there. There were so many people so close together. Oh. It was it was rough. So I just stood kind of like right in there just to try to warm up. And it wasn't like, it might have been like 15, 20 degrees warmer. That was about it. And I was like, screw this. So I went out there, took my shirt off, and just sprayed the water off of my body the best I could. And I was like, okay, that's enough. So I just got in the back of Michael's truck and just stripped down in the back of there and dried off with that one little rag I had because I left my towel in my luggage. And I was like, screw it. I'm putting on dry clothes. I don't care if I still have mud on me. So that's what I did. And then when Ducky finished, <clears throat> we went and sat in his rental car and he had heated seats and we had the <laughs> heater blowing. We sat in there for about 45 minutes. <laughs> that felt good, it was great. We were listening to like, old 90s alternative and metallica and stuff it was great oh yeah we had a good time. a good time dan was sitting in his jeep doing the same thing and we told him we were going to come back over there and he texted us he's like he's like what are y'all doing he's like we're sitting right here behind you warming up because we'd done pulled because there was one there was a shelter there where you could park under the shelter because bruce had parked under there and he'd showed me that and i was like man we got here early He's like, well, I got here late, and they parked us under here. I was like, must be nice. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I'd have known, that was what I was hoping. I was hoping Michael left his keys in the truck. And I looked in the console, looked in the dash, because he's got a Ford with a key code, and I know the code to get in. And uh, I couldn't find his keys, and I was like, every other time he'd have left his damn keys in the truck, and then come to find out later they were somewhere in the floorboard. I just didn't see them. Oh, they were in the floorboard? Yeah, I would have I would have sat in there and cranked up the heat and just run all of his gas out Ugh. like he did, almost did the night before going out to eat. Oh, yeah, I never remember that. I'm dumbass. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> yeah, so we got warmed up in, in, in Ducky's ride. And then I went and bought like a $10 plate of barbecue with two sides of potato salad, which potato salad was to die for. And other people were paying like $9 or $10 for a cup of fancy Hawaiian slash ramen noodles, whatever. Oh, no, they look pretty good because I saw where Bruce was eating over and they look really good. Yeah, I know. And I told Bruce, I was like, Bruce, these things are like $9. You could have got a barbecue plate for 10 bucks. And he's like, well, thanks for telling me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was cool hanging out with Bruce and his boys all weekend. <laughs> I know we went, I walked Bruce to the car and his son was sitting in the, he was sitting in the passenger side and he was still muddy as hell and that was Bruce's car and he was sitting on a shitload of paper towels. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> and that was funny. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it was a good race and I really hope that we go back to this venue Um you know, this being such a really super nice venue and, I mean, given the rain and how we, the course just got trashed with all the, you know, the foot traffic. I mean, and there was a lot of places where they had erosion control netting down on the hills and everything. And I don't even know if that would have protected anything. It's that same stuff that was in the drop bin area. Yeah. That was on some of those hills. Man, we tore all that stuff up. Yeah. Everybody, just all the foot traffic just really put a hurting on this venue. And I really hope they let us go back because this was a great venue for an event like this. And uh, 
my other buddy, Michael, that lives in the area up there, he was actually works for a company that helped build that place out there. And he told me a lot about it. He also told me that, uh, he had heard that they had, that Spartan had paid $25,000 to use that venue. And I mean, that's why, and I mean, they had like on-site lodging, they had on-site restaurants and, he even told me that, or he told us that, you know, they're going to be building like hotels there for the future and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually what they were building right there where the drop-in area was at, is that was going to be one of the motels or hotels. Oh, really? I think so. But yeah, they had like Christmas lights out there, kind of like what they do at Callaway Gardens, if you've ever been to that. It's really nice. Yeah. And, I, and they had a roundabout going into the... Oh, God, that was so confusing. For yeah, the parking. And it was weird because of the way they had the signs. It said, sign this way, sign this way. And so all the signs. Like going a and it, it, it almost looks like, well, the signs are just constantly telling you to go in a circle at the roundabout. And when we went back out there Sunday, it like took you a total different way to get in there. So much easier, too, though. Yeah, I don't know if like the, the Christmas light drive uh, traffic was getting interrupted by the spartan race traffic i'm sure it did a little bit but i know they wouldn't let anybody park where we parked the first day because it was just a muddy mess yeah it's kind of like Asheville. of was it this past year when it was the i think it was last year yeah the ground was super nasty and people were getting stuck and stuff yeah i don't think it got that bad oh well Asheville was bad yeah well i saw some area where like the ground was dug up really bad where cars were getting stuck and stuff i think this place had a more packed bottom you know but Asheville, yeah, Asheville would take the boots off your feet walking through it. It got so bad. Oh, that was awful. I know. The, where they moved that, uh, the festival area to at Asheville for this year was way better. Oh, yeah, because you didn't have to walk through all that mud. It was more of a grass than the dirt and mud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope they go back. It was fun. I yeah. liked that venue. It was cool whenever there was like a family um, sitting on the back porch of their house. Um, I think it was after Traverse, and uh, they were sitting... that big mansion looking Yeah, there were people standing out there watching everybody. Right. It was just kind of cool with them sitting there watching everybody run. I mean, I hope it wasn't part of their yard that got screwed up, but yeah, they were out there. Out there with their cups of coffee, maybe. Some hot tea. It must have been raining too hard times I went by there. Cause I, I, don't, I don't even think I remember seeing the mansion the second time I went by. I do remember seeing it the first time. But yeah, there was some, that was a big, nice. There's some really pretty houses out there. Yeah. That venue was gorgeous. I enjoyed that, that venue. That's, that's probably my favorite uh, ultra that I've ran to date. I mean, I love the challenge of Killington. I mean, but every time I've run Killington at the end of that race, I've always said I'm never going to do it again. You always decide to go back. Yeah. Well, everybody's talked me into it this year. Whatever. <clears throat> don't take much to talk you into running Well, Killington. Michael's got to redeem himself because he totally wussed out this year. He didn't wuss out. Or passed out. <laughs> Same thing. He didn't wuss out. He didn't <laughs> pass that race. I know it wasn't because he didn't eat enough the night before. Well, we don't know what happened. Where did we eat the night before? Oh, that was where we went to the 
Kilnery or whatever it's called, and got wings and hamburgers. Oh, the Irish pub? Yeah, those, those wings were good. Yeah. The Kilnery or whatever it's called. I don't know. It's the only Irish pub that's in, uh, what's the name of that town we stayed in? Ludlow. Ludlow, yeah. Yeah. And it's literally, I mean, it's a small town. I don't even think it has but one red light in it. It might have had two. Maybe. Like if you blink, you miss it. Yeah. I hadn't signed up for it yet. Well, I've already booked the... Well, I know, but I'm just saying, I might do Beast back-to-back days. You gonna let Patrick and them go out there and do the Ultra by themselves? Yeah, and that way, when I get done running the Beast, I'll sit there and go back and forth on the sky bucket so when they come up the death march, I can holler at them like they did at me. (laughs) Well, you know you're going to sign up to run that. <clears throat> I don't know. But anyway, so Leanne, since last time we've talked, it, what is now your favorite race to date? Hmm. Like which one have you enjoyed the most? For this year? Uh... <coughs> All time. I bet you don't even remember what you told me the first time. I told you Asheville the first time. Did you? I think so, yeah. Asheville is still one of my favorite venues. I just think it's a beautiful venue. I had fun in Killington. Like, the course itself was really nice. It was hard for me. And I ran with Molly Bond um, that whole race. And having her, having someone to run with makes a big difference. Um, And I enjoyed being at that venue. I, I like that venue. I mean... It's really nice up there. It's pretty challenging, and yeah. I liked it. I don't really know, because we did a bunch of different venues. I did a bunch of different places this year that you've done before anyways, like Palmerton. I know, but I don't really know. I would say the one that sticks the most out would be Killington. We had fun when we went to Palmerton. Is that the one where y'all were like speed racer in the rental car? Yeah. Oh and what I forget what it was. It was a Kona, whatever it was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is, that, Hyundai is or, that where Michael like plugged in his phone and played like hip hop music yeah. super loud? Yeah, I think we talked about that. We, we did that on the other podcast. I think it was the Palmerton podcast. So what's the race you hated the most now that you've run a lot more races? Mm, none of them really. I mean, Has South, it changed? South Carolina was hard. I won't say I hated it. No, I'm just, oh, I mean, well, I mean, what was the one you hated the most? Was the worst race? Or, I mean. I mean, I don't want to say South hardest. Carolina. The hardest one for me was my <coughs> But I might well say it was the worst one for me, or the one I disliked the most, because I think I like all the races. At each race that I've done this year, I've learned something different that I'll be able to take with me into the 2020 season so i mean that race was the race where i was like i'm ready for this to be over with because it was raining and it was cold and everything else and all the elements there just made it a suffer fest um but would i do it again yeah it's not enough none of the races that i've done have made me want to say i don't want to do that race ever again right so when me and Leanne started dating, she had like three medals on her wall. Now she's got a whole wall full of medals. I do. See what happens? You stick with me, I'll get you some medals. Yeah. 
won't get you no extra money, but I get you some medals. I think the race that I would be least excited to go back to would be New Jersey. And I think... Why? I don't know. I just... It wasn't... I wasn't impressed with it as much as I have been with all the other ones. I don't know why, but it's just not been one that I've been like... When you say we're going to go to New Jersey, I get excited about. Maybe it was because there's nothing in the town that we stayed in. Um, I don't know. Rockaway? I don't know. What about the Red Hut Diner? Okay. It's just like any other like little country restaurant. Whatever. That one has good carrot cake. It's all about the carrot cake. That's pretty good. I mean, I met a lot of people when we were in New Jersey. Um, That was the very first race that I had done after I had broken my foot, too. So that one was really hard. And I remember looking up and seeing nothing but mountains and mountains and mountains so, i mean i don't know i just wasn't i wasn't as crazy about new jersey as i have been about the other ones hmm. yeah i like new jersey but we you know we've done it three times and man i, I remember those trails i've run them you know so many times because i think we did double days once, so you might as well say I've run it four times. I've done two ultras there and two beasts there. <coughs> but it was a good time. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to add to this episode. I don't know. We'll be in Florida next weekend, this yep. coming up weekend. And it's going to be sunshine. And maybe I won't have the flu anymore. And hopefully I won't give it to you, but you probably already got it. It just hasn't shown up yet. I guess I'll just stay put in the hotel room if I get sick. So, if you were going to tell anybody that's thinking about doing their first ultra, now that you've done your first ultra, what advice would you give to them? Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. What is this, a Nike Nike, commercial? No, 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 no. Um, no. Hashtag lame. (laughs) Just, Just do it. Yeah, no, just do it. I mean, that's all you can do. I had no knowledge whatsoever except for what I had asked other people of an ultra. And you can vouch for this. I had always said for the past two years I had no interest of doing an ultra. I never wanted to do one. When I finished Killington, I was like, well, it took me, what, seven hours to do Killington. And so I was like, well, if I can do that, then I can do... I feel like I I had enough confidence in myself that I could pull off that race and then you know we had i think we did another race in um covington or conyers and we had talked to bruce about running and so i had already been doing yancey camp where i had already learned or gotten like stronger physically but i wanted to be also i wanted to increase my mileage and running more and stuff like that and so bruce had produced us with a running program and i mean honestly i felt really good besides the freaking cold i just don't do cold very well you know and i really feel like you know because before bruce gave us this program you know i was just kind of running like on how i felt you know i would go and with you know i would go and do just junk miles where every blue moon i would be like okay today i'm gonna do sprints you know and i would and i would work more off a heart rate Whereas on this workout, you're not doing it off a of heart rate as much. You're running off pace. Yeah. 
And I just feel like now that I'm doing something, I just feel like what I'm running towards now matters where as what I was running toward with before was just, I was just <clears throat> running junk miles, just getting time on my feet. Whereas now I feel like I'm running with a purpose and it just gives me, I've got more confidence in my running. Mm -hmm. I feel better about my running and, you know, doing more speed work like we're doing I actually feel like my form is getting better just from running faster and they say when you run faster you're running with better form anyway just because it's you know yeah. you're striking faster and more often too I do better when I have a like a plan jotted down in front of me some right. people you know I see people ask on all kinds of OCR um, groups you know what is something that I can do to help me do this and that and help me benefit my belief is I mean I've always done CrossFit in the past and I did CrossFit pretty heavily or CrossFit specified programs pretty heavily like two three years ago and I mean I did fine with those but I feel like with Yancey Camp being that he's gotten the knowledge for it and he's been in the atmosphere before of the OCR I felt like I was able to learn from him and he you know, anytime you have questions, he's always there to answer them. Right. And then, like with Bruce, I mean, shoot, he taught his girlfriend how to run. I mean, she didn't even know how to run a mile when we first met her. And yeah. now she's, like, doing, she's podium and stuff like that. So, I mean, he's really good at stuff. And he does great at these races also. So, I yeah. felt like. Yeah, she's knocking down some crazy paces, I mean, too. And she fast. can hold it for a long time, yes. too. Yes. And so, you know, and that's what. You know, I like Yancey Camp for the the strength endurance part of it, but I also like working with Bruce because of the running aspect of it. I think he's great at stuff like that. I mean, with Yancey Camp, it's, run, it's based off your heart rate zones, and with Bruce, I'm more pace-wise. So I kind of get, I don't know, the best of both worlds with it, I feel like. Right, I think so too. It's really helped me a lot, I can tell. Yeah, I'm too. hoping maybe we can get back to it probably after central florida because well we won't have anything until again after that until february i know so we end our season on in in florida and we'll start our season in florida right i'm not and i mean i know they've announced that the series race is going to be in jacksonville and it's the sunday sprint too it's not the super on saturday really yeah isn't that weird and there's only well there's five of them right there's five but i don't think one's been announced oh yeah I don't think, which I would assume West Virginia is going to be it because West Virginia is not the national championship. Yes, yeah, Tahoe. Like Lake is. Tahoe, that's what yeah. I thought. So I don't know if any. Lame. Is anybody going to be able to go to Lake Tahoe? I mean, a lot of people go to West Virginia because it's a central part for yeah. north and south and all well, that. Well, I mean, of course. I mean, people are going to go just because it's the national championship. But, I mean,. I mean, I, it was more tempting to go to Tahoe to me when it was world. But, I mean, now you're going to have national national championships going to be there. And it's the same time of the year. So, chances are it's going to be super cold. So, your national championship race is going to be a race that's at elevation. I mean, that's... I mean, I understand they get paid a lot of money to keep that race there. But still, lame. Yeah. I'm not interested in it. No. It's just too much money. I would like to go to Montana. Montana looks like an awesome race to go and do. Well, we know a couple of people that live there. And there's still people talking about 
the Ultra Series, which I don't think I could handle an Ultra Series because especially if there's five races in the series or four races in the series, that's just a lot of Ultra running and everybody knows I'm lazy and I don't, I don't run a lot of miles. Yeah, me neither. Right. But anyway, I figured at this time of the show, since we're coming up on an hour, I would try to call my friend Michael Robertson and see if we can get him on the podcast for a second. Let's see if he'll answer the phone. He'll probably say, what up, bitch? Hey, what's up? Your mom's a slut. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. You're so crazy. Anyway... Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. I think that's backwards. What is it? Follow on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. I don't know. Anyway. Find us. How about find us? Or find you. There you go. <clears throat> I knew I was dating you for some reason. It's because you're rich and you're smart. <laughs> I'm not rich. Richer than me. That's so crazy. You're rich with love. Oh, my God. <clears throat> She's been doing a great job taking care of me since I got flu. Yeah. Hashtag flutane clan. <laughs> I don't have it though, so we're not the clan, just yeah, you. No, you're gonna get it. You'll probably have it slap dab in the middle of the race Please next don't say weekend. That. I know, I hope not. Anyway, uh follow us on Instagram, Facebook. I don't have any new reviews. Leave a review, I will read it. Uh if you see us at Central Florida, come up to us and say what's up, even if we got flu. I don't care. <laughs> Anything else you wanna add, Leanne? No, not really. All right. uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean if you're gonna do an ultra whether somebody's new at the thing and wants to just get their, they want to jump in feet first, I say do it. Just try it. You never know. I That was my thing. Like, I knew that, I know I'm not fast, but I would rather try an ultra and DNF at it than not try it at all. Because now, I, you, I mean, I learned something. You know, maybe next year we'll go back to the same venue and I know something because I learned from my experience of this one. And so next year may be better. I don't know. Well. I thought about trying Fayetteville just to see how it is. Because didn't you say Fayetteville's got an ultra coming up? Yeah. Yeah. My theory was I'd rather try and six and DNF if I had to than to not try at all. At least I knew what I could find out. I want to say like probably one of my first advices would be if you're one of those people that wants to try to do an ultra but you're not putting in a lot of super long runs and you're not doing a large weekly amount of uh, running. I mean, like me, for instance, I'm, if I get 20 miles in on a training week, that's that's a pretty decent week for me right now. And everybody always asks, well, how do you do these ultras when you don't run so much? And uh, I mean, well, first off, it usually hurts. You know, I'll usually come off of an ultra with a you know a little bit of nagging pain and I usually have to take a week off of training to get better before I can put in a run again but also is is I, I do work a job where I'm on my feet for you know about eight hours a day sometimes and I would say just practice you know go on a long hike you know maybe pack a backpack and go on a long hike for like eight eight plus hours you know and just try that out just see if you can handle the load of walking and being on your feet for eight hours 
you know, that was one thing that Sean Clayton told me that he had did because he never runs a lot of miles too, but he said he'd do like on the weekends, he would do a lot of long hikes, you know, with a, a pack, but a backpack or a rucksack right, or whatever. Right. And I just think that, you know, if you practice just time on feet, it doesn't necessarily have to be running because I know a lot of people don't want to add on a bunch of running because, you know, it'll cause like IT band syndrome and stuff like that. So I would just say practice, you know, time on feet, you well, know. That's like when we talked to Zach Wiz and them on Sunday when we were leaving, Zach does a lot of ultra races. And um, I think Tony Kenora was standing there when we were talking. Tony puts in like 60 plus miles a week, whereas Zach, he said he didn't. Yeah. He usually puts in like maybe 20, if that. Yeah. But he goes out and he does all these ultra races. I think you have to have, you have to have the mindset for it to want to do it. Yeah. I mean, you just I just feel like you just do. I mean, I wish I could run more miles a week I and I I'm, I'm hoping to work to it, but I mean, you know, sometimes it's hard to find time. I mean, on the weekends, you know, it's I mean, because if I want to do a long run, whether it's going to be 10 plus miles in one thing, I would rather be on a trail than be on the concrete and there's not a lot of good trails around my house. I mean, I guess I could find some dirt roads to run down, There's but not that's a lot not fun. Here but yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, come up to us and say what's up uh, this weekend coming up at Central Florida. And maybe we'll give you the flu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know if I got the flu yet because I haven't been to the doctor. I'm going tomorrow. All right. Bye. Bye.